Cross fans, and welcome to a different sort of version of the Off the Cross Podcast. We have the full version that's up over on NLL Radio and, of course, here on my SoundCloud page. But I'm going to try to do this a little bit more. I'm going to try to give you uh, different perspectives from across the world and different uh, conversations that I have with people. And last week in my 30 Thoughts, I talked about Saskatchewan SWAT being, uh, being accepted into the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. And I had talked to a couple people on one side of the fence of that discussion. And those people, while they weren't um, opposed to Saskatchewan joining, they didn't know if the, the right um, process was done. And so I went to the higher-ups. I went to A.J. Joma, who I first met when I was a member of the Edmonton Rush in our first years there. He works with the Edmonton Miners. He works with the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. He's part of the CLA. And he had a, a wider range of um, information of what happened in the process to the let the Saskatchewan SWAT into the RMLL. So here is that conversation with AJ Joma, where I first asked him, what was the process for Saskatchewan to get in to the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League? So the process, I mean, the, the SWAT have indicated for a number of years, and they made a presentation about two or three years ago saying, you know, we want to, go, we want to become Junior A. We want to get into the Junior A League. And uh, yeah. the door was certainly left open for them to uh, make that application. And uh, we thought that, uh, you know, it was going to happen last year. Uh-huh. That was sort of the indication, but they said they weren't ready, and so um, you know they they were still fine tuning some things that they've done. They, they they when you look at what they've done, they're they're they've sort of set themselves up for the long term, and so and to me that was one of the selling points of uh, of their more one of their strengths is I mean they they're now sort of geared up from bantam all the way up. And, yeah. And so, um, you know, um, they did a, they went through the, the, the interviewing process, they put together their proposal, and uh, uh, they made a presentation. And um, it was an excellent presentation. And, you know, uh, it was as formal a, a, of a presentation as any team that has wanted to expand within or wanted to apply to the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League as any other application that, I, that I've seen. And I've been around for a long time. So I've seen most, if not all of them that are, that have been there. And it was as well put together as any, uh, anyone that I'd seen, including the Raiders, to be honest with you. So, yeah, like you know. I was, that was going to be sort of my next question. Like in, when the, in 06, when Edmonton and Calgary kind of came into the league, did they, were their proposals, um, as acceptable as this one? Well, they weren't as well done as this one. As I say, yeah, this yeah. is this is right at the you know right at the top of the list of uh, of uh, applications that were put in. Um, so you know, and and let's put reality. Let's be you know be realistic here. You know, um, you know, it, it, um, I don't think that the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League is developed so well where we've got these you know. Ex- Ex, you know, extenuating uh, sets of rules that uh, are required in order to meet, uh, uh, you know, for expansion. I mean, you know, uh, organizations come in, they, they give, you know, they, they pretty much give their uh, a summary of where they are and 
how they plan to develop and they you know they we put they show that they've got the facilities and the longevity to uh be in the league for an extended period of time and so i mean you know uh is it like getting into uh into the nhl or is it like getting into the into the wla i i, I probably not but it certainly is you know uh, there's a lot of time in taking in uh taken up by groups mm-hmm. that are trying to apply so you know look i and quite frankly i'll be honest with you, this is my my thoughts is that you know that the the, the reasons that uh, are being thrown out as uh, being uh, you know why this team shouldn't be allowed I uh, may not necessarily be the underlying reasons why those teams are opposing it but I mean I'm sure they 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 will tell you I don't I can't I can't go in there and say specifically that you know that this is why they don't want them in mm-hmm. but I you know in my opinion they have other reasons why they don't want it they don't want those teams in and that right. team in and so i i'm not going to expand on that because i i can't i have no evidence to specific right. to go there but i can say that it's clear that you know that they have they have views and i want to touch on this as about this western this western league mm-hmm. because you know, I I don't know if it's been clear made clear to you. I mean, nobody is opposing the Western League. We all think it's a brilliant idea. You know, the BC you know, the BC teams maybe drop a couple of teams. Alberta drops a couple of teams, and you know, Saskatchewan and Manitoba have this Western. You know, are are all part of it. And yeah, what a wonderful idea. Nobody's opposing mm-hmm. that, but nobody has been able to put a viable business plan down that is even close to reality. Right. Yep, that makes sense. And so, so, so what makes Saskatchewan? What makes the travel to Saskatchewan easier to the RML board to justify than the travel to BC? Well, it's six hours shorter for one thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's as it excluding playoffs right now. Uh, you the the. Uh, each team has to travel to Saskatchewan one weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays That's back. it? Yeah, in the regular season because it's a 20-game schedule. That means that two teams each year have to play three games in um, uh, in in Saskatchewan. Okay. Saskatchewan is fully prepared to come to Alberta and play three games in any in every weekend. That's okay. the part of their commitment. Um, so, uh, you know, so there's six, so at the end of the day, um, the junior A league will have two more games. So we'll go from an 18 game to a 20 game schedule. Yeah. And so that one extra away game is, uh, is, is the extra cost that's being associated to it. And, you know, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, traveling and, and bus drivers and that, you know, you don't have to. You don't run into that concern of needing two bus drivers if if it's over 13 hours and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a six-hour bus drive, okay, as opposed to 13 or 12. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, plus, you know, uh, there's no there's no real. I I, I have asked the yeah. governors of the BC League, and it's not on the table for them right now. They're yeah. not interested. They've got. Yeah. They, they have, have their own issues. Comfort. <laughs> you know, they have their own issues and they have their yeah. own comforts. They're like, yeah. uh, to me, 
if I was in BC, the more logical expansion would be into the into the into the interior. Old yeah. But they don't think I have any interest in going there either. Yeah. Um. So so teams will travel to Saskatchewan once a year and play what two games a weekend against the Saskatchewan team or just one? They play two games. Yeah. So they'll travel to Saskatchewan and play two games, and then that's their trip to Saskatchewan done for the year for the regular season. For the regular season, or three, two or three, okay? Right, depending play. on which team it's going to be, and it'll rotate right. each year, kind of thing. That's right. So every year you play three. Every second year you play a three-game road trip in Saskatchewan. Otherwise, it's a two-game. Mm-hmm. And what's the cost going to be for for Alberta teams to go there? Oh, well, I mean, every. I would say that I I, I think it's like twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, no, probably about three thousand dollars when you bus and uh, for for us to make a road trip to to uh, Calgary, it's about twenty five hundred dollars, um, and with room and and yeah. uh, bus, yeah, it might cost twenty nine hundred dollars to go to Saskatchewan. Really? Cause, I guess because because you don't have the over overnight or I mean the, the extra bus driver, it's still the same cost. You're just going a little bit further. You're going a little bit further, yeah. So what so what are the criteria that that they sort of had to meet to get your guys approval? Well, I mean they they had to show financial viability um mm-hmm. and uh they clearly have done that. I mean they've been you know the same organization has been uh participating in uh the junior B division for years now and have uh Met every financial expectation that was required of them, and right. and, um, and they um, they also had to show that they have a venue. They've got a venue. They've got yeah. they had to show that they've got long term uh, that they got long term stability, and um, you know they, their area, their number of players are are equivalent to uh, Northern Alberta, so. Um, you know they've got they've got that, and that they're going to be competitive now. You know, and, yeah. But you know, I mean, and I don't know the answer to that, but I mean, they have been, uh, you know, they've been competitive. Certainly, been very competitive at the junior B level here. I mean, they're, you know, uh, but in addition to that, um, they have lost several players to uh, BC over the years uh, mm-hmm. that have gone to play junior A there, and they anticipate and they've been told that they're going to have these players uh, either returning or, or, or not going out there. So, so But you, you and I both know the, the, the step from junior B to junior A is massive, you know, from Alberta to BC, and it's probably going to be massive from Saskatchewan to Alberta. What makes you think that bringing in this new team is going to make Alberta lacrosse or the RMLL better? Well, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, as with any expansion team, you have to expect growth and, and development. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I look at, well, I'll, I look at history, you know, the junior B, uh, the junior B, uh, caliber or Saskatchewan, when they first came to the junior B league, they were the doormats of the league for two, yeah. two or three years. And, uh, uh, I think they won it uh, two years ago, the province and the, or the, uh, Armel, uh, championship. And they were, yeah. And they were one goal. They lost to Ontario by one goal in the round robin last year in a very important game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, clearly they've, they've developed and they've evolved. And, uh, you know, and I see expectations of that here uh, at Junior A as well. I mean, they've got number. They've got the numbers. Yeah. They've got, you know, uh, you know, they've, they've got the resolve. They've got the financial resources. I mean, you know, um, so I think they've got the elements there, you know, uh, uh, to do what most expansion teams do, struggle out of the, uh, um, out of the gate. God, no, nobody knows that more than you and I. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, but you do things to get better and, you know, they, I think they have visions of doing recruiting and, uh, you know, uh, there is, uh, you know, there's, they've got ne- a next door neighbor that's got some quality players and I'm sure they're, they're leaning on, uh, on Manitoba. I mean, I, I watch that Manitoba team and, uh, they've got some kids that can play. So. Do you think you know, they'll draw, do you, will they draw kids from Manitoba? Like will kids, will kids relocate or, or move to Saskatchewan to play junior A ball? Um, I don't know if they will. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they've had discussions, but I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, having been involved with junior kids or 17 to 20 year old kids, you, you never know who's got a girlfriend one week and doesn't have one the next. Okay. Just, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, that's the deciding factor in so many of them. So, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, I talked to one kid the other day about uh, about maybe coming to uh, to our junior program, and it was like, uh, you know, he'd lost, he just lost his job and all that, and it was like, yeah. you know, like, well, then why don't you come out here for an adventure? And it's like, oh, well, you know, I got a few other things in the go, and I know it's about a girlfriend, yeah. like, you know, yeah. so he's not going, right? So, like, so. Um, yeah, I, I, that will, I think that will, like you, you say, they may have the numbers, but it's the quality of numbers, and, and it's growing those bodies. But does does bringing in a Saskatchewan team make the Alberta players better as opposed to having Alberta players play BC players play BC teams? Well, uh, again, I go back. It's a perfect world. I get, nobody's debating that being able to play, you know, uh, junior A caliber, uh, you know, BC junior A caliber teams would not make Alberta teams better. That, I mean. Yeah. You know, and you know, thankfully, it's it's gotten a lot more open to the idea where they are more interested in playing. But you know, like, um, you know, BC teams overall are they're open to the idea, but they're they, but they have constraints. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you say to them, well, you know, we'd like to come and play you, and we'd like to come play you in June. And it's like, well, look, you know, we have a 21 game schedule in two months. Yeah. Uh, when are you planning on doing that? Well, we'd like to come up on a June weekend and be like. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure that we're that we can accommodate that. And I understand right. it, you know, like they're 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 open to sort of like the early May or whatever. Yeah, you have to do it at the start of the year, right? Sorry. And and kids are, you know, I, I mean, you know, the the real, you know, I won't say they're all the quality kids, but many quality kids are still at school, and of course, yeah. uh, you know, and so there is some benefit. It's uh, you know to to coming out in May, absolutely. I mean, I have in the past taken uh, teams out and played, uh, you know, played in May and that, and, uh, you know, there is uh, definitely some benefits to it, but, you know, there's, it's hard to get that consistency, um, you know, of, of commitment and, uh, uh, you know, a few factors have to fall your way. And, 
you know, and 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 some some teams are more more open to it than others. So you yeah. know, it's a bit of a crapshoot, and uh, you know, and and quite frankly, I mean, we're talking about one. We're not even talking about one more weekend. We're talking about one more game on the road here. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 a team is still interested in traveling, it's possible. Like you know, it's yeah. a, uh, possible to go to uh, uh, any um, uh, you know on a on a trip to to BC and play. Uh, so those those options are still open. I you know there might be one of the two club you know maybe one or two clubs that are that are interested in going this year. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, I'm not privy to that. Um. So with with four teams now, Saskatchewan being the fifth, but there are originally four teams. So how did the vote work out to to allow Saskatchewan to come in? So the vote was split two two, yeah. and uh, so then it it was moved to the uh, the governors of the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League or the directors of the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League who. Who then uh, evaluated it, and their their overriding principle is is it in the best interests of uh, the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League and Alberta Lacrosse, and uh, it was de- decided uh, fairly convincingly, I think, uh, that uh, it should uh, that it was in the best interest. And, and you think, and you agree with that? You think that that bringing Saskatchewan in is in the best interest of Alberta Lacrosse? Absolutely. I mean. Kids, you know, uh, I, I've seen what it's done for Junior B. Yeah. I've seen what it, you know, and and you know, and uh, and I put my my CLA hat on for a moment, and I think, yeah, why not? Why what's why not? Why not grow the game? Like, I mean, yeah. why not add add another province that you know that's got you know their kids have something to look up to. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so. Uh, I think overall, you know, it's a very positive thing, and I think that uh, junior, you know, junior A lacrosse will benefit from it. The more and more we have growth and and development of the, of the game across Canada, so Saskatchewan's the next one on there, and then great, you know. Do, and then, do they have to apply for junior A membership? No, that's uh, they can just say we want a junior A team, and then, then the CLA grants them a junior A team. The CLA doesn't get involved in uh, in granting junior A franchises. We don't. The, the CLA doesn't get involved in 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 uh, the uh, in granting of teams overall. I mean, those are within. That's the the powers or the division of the uh, league, the jurisdiction of the M, no, of the MAs. Like, you know, oh, okay, so. yeah, right. Member associations, right? Okay, right. So they so, decide. So. So even though Saskatchewan isn't a junior A province, the RMLL can accept a junior A team from Saskatchewan into their league. There is no you you only become a junior A province once you have a junior A team. I mean, it, there's no there's no mandate from the CLA or uh, that says that you know that you you have to apply to become a uh, junior A province. Okay. It's, you become a junior A province once you have a junior A team. No matter how many teams you have, one or ten. That's right. Now, there was a precedent back in the day that said that the the where the the actually the junior BC and Ontario were talking about a league where you had a league, okay, and they're saying a a league had to be made up of two teams. 
right? And that's you know, uh, but uh, I don't that doesn't apply here because they are joining the league. Right. Okay. Um, so let's stick with some CLA stuff while I have you. Uh, what's the state of the Minto Cup right now? Because as as I've said, and, and people are all talking that the the return to the four team format seems inevitable. Well, that uh, you know that's that's the direction it's going in. I'd love to tell you that it's all sewn up, but I you know there there is a you know there is certainly like i can't i don't want you to t- say that it's a, it's a done deal because it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's i not. haven't seen I, I haven't seen nobody's cut their 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 fingers to sign with in blood and so yeah. i've got i had this uh, you know agreement in principle i think it's going to be nailed down in uh at the end of this month in vancouver when we go to the uh the cam the semi annual meetings of the uh CLA, I gotta get that right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should probably know what you're going to. <laughs> well, there used to be the C C L uh, C G A M or something. Mm. General meetings. Right. Yeah. Anyways, they they've changed the the format and that. So, anyways, the you know, the, and there's you know, the the Minto Cup uh, group has a meeting there, and mm. I expect at that point it's going to be uh, finalized. I do know that it's uh, you know it's going to happen in Vancouver this year, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, the general discussion is that uh, the financial viability of, of um, traveling across Western Canada, or and then to, and then to, uh, you know, national championship or vice versa, is mm. becoming prohibitive. But the, the the thing that people are coming to realize is that, you know, there's a damn good possibility that one team can be on the road for, you know, uh, for three weeks. Yeah, and you know that. When you start thinking about, you know, uh, trying to manage, you know, 26 young men at that age and, uh, yeah. you know, and keeping them entertained. And and also on top of that, I mean, uh, you know, people have lives other than that. I mean, people have jobs and now yeah. all of their holidays are gone and on, uh, you know, traveling to, you know, up two provinces. I mean, I'm not sure that that their, you know, spouses are feeling all that positive about it, you know. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, we have, um, you know, we have to look for alternatives and, uh, you know, I, and, you know, it's it, that all being said, you know, I, I, I don't know how much different it really is. I think it's gone from a best of seven to a best of five in the, in the final is what they're, what, what's being discussed. Now that may change. So is there an uh, easy is there an easy there's no easy answer is there to figuring out how to make this work I think and, and this is just my opinion but I yeah. think there is a um I think that there is a a uh, that, that there is a, a a reasonable answer which basically is like I mean um and, and I'll give it a, I'll give it a little bit of flexibility here I'll say that this tournament could be done in six it could be done in 7 days okay that's with a one game final or uh nine days. Yeah. Um but you know, uh and it could be done very efficiently. I think in and I would say that the guiding light should be every day should be very important to all the teams that are still there, you know? Yeah. And if you can you know, and so that you know, you've got your round robin where maybe the the third day of that round robin Things are already decided, but the first two days certainly everything's up in the air. 
fans yeah. are interested in that. But there's a good chance that you know that third day is good, is going to be there. The fourth day, you go to your second, third game, which is obviously key. Yeah. Especially especially if the host is in the, in that game. Yeah. And then then you got your final, and every you know now you to me. That brings the fan every game, every day. The fans looking at thinking, "Oh, there's something, there's something at stake here." Mm-hmm. But you know, you're in a best of you, you like I, you know, you go to a best of even a best of three, for example. Um, who's going to go to game one of the final? Yeah, you know, why would I go there? Nothing's going to get decided. It's just going to mm-hmm. be you know. And if my team isn't you know doesn't win doesn't win game one, am I going to go to game two? Probably not because well, I don't need to see that. Now game three, okay. If it's split, okay, I'm 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 there. Well, yeah. now included in that time were two days of hotels, uh, per diems, uh, and uh, you know, and maybe you've got to pay for that floor time because they can't put ice in it. All those things, you know. Right. But, I mean, it gets a little more uh, technical after that. But, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Now, does does how much weight does the CLA have in trying to figure out easier solutions? Like, is it a constant conversation being happened? It is a, you know what? It is a uh, really a a true, you know, partnership. I mean, the CLA is working with these guys, with the three parties, and saying like, look, look, we want to make something interesting. We want, we actually want this to be our our number one championship, you know, uh, you know, like, I mean, you know, the man cup is very, you know, very centric from, you know, either Ontario or BC, right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's a very, you know, the, but the, the mental cup is, you know, crosses more borders and it's more, uh, it, you know, it's got, it's more attractive to what we're trying to grow, which is our younger kids. Like, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they got, they got more of a connection, right. They got a more connection between, um, junior lacrosse and, and minor lacrosse as opposed to uh, the Man Cup. I mean, the Man Cup and, and the NLL, uh, I mean, kids are more, they're more starstruck by NLL. Unless, you know, you're in Victoria and you're, you're a Shamrock fan, then for sure, yeah. you know. But the overall, we're, we get better, we think we have better flow. So we better flow to the, the mental cup. So yeah. we really want to make that. But, hey, a lot of this is being driven by the by the the three leagues, you know. What do right. you guys, you know, like look, you know, we try and we try and we put in our input in that, and I mean, there's certain things that we need to protect, like the integrity of the championship and that sort of thing. But we give them a ton of flexibility to say, you know, how they want to, you know, how they want to finance it, or how, you know, and like I said, that whether you know the the, the best of three or the best of five or whatever, they, you know, th- those things are things that, that are inputted from them. So I would say that it's truly a really partnership of, of trying to come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, you're with the Miners uh, organization. How's that team looking going into the season? Well, we were, uh, we we had a, two years ago, we were really in the dumps. Um, and so uh, we went into a rebuild last year. We, we had, um, uh, we had a good year, like, you know, we made the playoffs. And uh, so I think this year we're, uh, uh, we're really building off of that. And, yeah. um, you know, that being said, we lost a few players. So it'll be interesting to see how our young guys step into these new roles. But I think we, we have, we had a really good core that's moving forward. So that's what 
I think we've got, uh, that's looking really positive for us going into uh, 2016. So, you know, we're optimistic. Now, as we've got some, I think we had a good draft this year, and uh, mm-hmm. I think we got, you know, we got lots of uh, things to look forward to. What hypothetically, what what is the what is the water cooler talk in Alberta if Saskatchewan comes in and wins the Junior A League? Well, then that's a wake up call to to all of us about you know what. Uh, you know what? What's the state of our our game in in Alberta? I mean, uh, and good for them. Like you mm-hmm. know, I mean, Saskatchewan's won it in Junior B before. Yeah, they I mean, just did. Yeah, last year. Yeah. So I mean, why? Why? You know why? You know, and, and I, I must say that you know the, the the teams they get treated very sort of equally when it comes to recognition for what they're doing and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Saskatchewan comes in and wins, wins the playoff round, whatever. I mean, clearly that's an, you know, that should be a wake up to our to to our programs, but also to our minor programs. I mean, yeah. You know, I I have my own sort of personal concerns about what's happening in northern Alberta, where you know I think we're falling behind. I think Calgary's way further ahead than us. Yeah. I mean, if you look at you look at where, you know, how the junior eight teams have performed in southern Alberta as opposed to northern Alberta. In the last five years, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're quite a bit ahead of us, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, and I look, see the way that it's the game's going down there, and the way it's struggling up here, I, you know, I have some concerns, but, you know, Saskatoon, you know, they've got a good core of players. They seem to have uh, developed a good system of bringing players up. So, you know, if they, if they win, if they win the league, then. Good for them. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll beat BC or Ontario. <laughs> uh, is, is this going to be the year that uh, whoever comes out of Alberta beats a, a non-Alberta team in the Minto? Uh, you know, I, you know, I'll tell you what I think the big difference is. You know, we don't have, you know, we don't have the, the Westbergs. I think mm-hmm. we got like I think we have like players three through eighteen, uh, but do we have one, two, and three? Uh, you know, every once in a while we get one. So Dan Taylor, yeah. You know, Dan. I don't know that we have any Dan Taylors this year. So so you know, it, um, that that all being said, I think you know I see I see a, I see the gap between uh, the junior you know the Alberta teams and uh, the other provinces, BC and Ontario. While getting closer, no, to be honest with you, I see us getting closer to BC, but I see Ontario pulling away from both Alberta and BC. Like you know, they just seem to, you know, they just seem to. No, more. they have a player pool, right? They have they yeah, have they, more players, yeah. That's right, and their player pools are, um, you know, their player pools, where where you really see the difference is, even though they've got more stricter rules. Okay, like I just said, we don't have that one, two, three guy. Yeah, they got they got five of them on each of their teams, right? And yeah. and 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 if they if they're at four, you know, and it's again they got a power base. It's either going to be Six Nations or Whitby or Orangeville or yeah. uh, Peterborough. It's going to be one of a handful of teams right. every year. Yeah, just like right. a senior. Right, and so you got uh, so then. But you know, you might have a one guy or a two guy that's playing for Barry or playing yeah. for Mississauga. Well, guess where he's going at the trade deadline, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
right? So, and that gets them there, you know? I mean, you see a little bit more of that happening in BC now. Like, I mean, I think it was interesting to see uh, uh, Ray, you know, go yeah. from a playoff team last year to Coquitlam. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, you know, there's, I think BC sort of started to pick it up in Alberta. But they don't get them back. Year. That's the thing. They, the in Ontario, they don't, but in right. BC, they do. Right. Sorry. I'm, I was, uh, yes. Yes. You're right. Yeah. I, I was thinking more senior and the other way around. But yeah, um, that, that whole rental thing is is tough for teams. Well, you, you know, I've uh, we've used it. I'll tell you right now, we've used it a couple of times, and uh, once as a as a seller, the other one as a buyer. Right, and, yeah. and I'm not a fan of it. I wish, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, we do it because we want to try and be competitive. I, I like, you know, uh, Ontario has a rule. They say that if you if you trade a player, you can't get him back for two years. Yeah, like you, right. He's not available next year, which I think is a great rule. And one, I wish that, you know, we as a junior A league overall would sort of incorporate. I think it's, you know, I, I, because it, even though you get that player back, I mean, you you know, they they come back and sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're not. Like, you know, yeah. so, you know, they, you, you wonder whether you've done the best thing for your, for your team, even though you, you know, may have got some, a draft choice or whatever. Is that really, you know, uh, Helpful, you know, and the perfect example of that is Delta. Yeah, I thought Delta was going to be an up and comer. They kept trading yeah. away their loaners, and and those kids came back, and they never were quite the same, right? No, but when they do it, they were doing it every year, even when they were like a third place team. They're like, you right. know what? We're just going to send our guys to New West or whoever, and hope they can win one, and then we'll get them back next year. And then right. they didn't do anything for us, and we'll do it again. Like, what does that say to your your team in general? when you're everyone's busting their balls to you know give you guys a run for a championship and then your executive just says nope we're done we're sellers like that's disheartening to players well it it certainly in my mind sends the wrong message if you are uh you know you should like in my mind you you should be taking that team and saying to them hey we're underdogs but yeah. you win one or two games of that series, that builds you for next year. Not, oh, we're going to get a couple of really good draft choices out of this, and we're going to be even stronger next year. I mean, it was it, what I found interesting is that Delta tried it once, and it failed. But they yeah. didn't stop. They tried it again, and I, uh-huh. maybe a third time. And you just saw that they, they regressed. They never got – and they should have saw that, you know. And, I mean, I, you know, and, and who knows what kind of things were going inside the, the locker room. Mm-hmm. We have no idea, but – but from the outside, looking at that, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to be careful about that, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I we like I said, we it, it was somewhat fortunate. I mean, we sent a lot of our kids to the Titans when they we missed the playoffs, and they 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 came back to us, and I think they were happy to come back to us. And yeah. You know, but at the same time, you take a risk, you know, especially if you got a. Oh, you know, uh, an organization that's got a few things going going for them, you know, that, that you can't offer, you know. Yeah. I mean, we have a dressing room. But, for example, if you don't have a dressing room, like some of our teams don't have dressing rooms, right? They don't, mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden the kids have got all their gear there and all that stuff. All these little things, you know, for an 18-year-old mean a big yeah. thing to them, right? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And so, you know, you got to be sort of careful what you do. So, yeah. But I think uh, going back to your question, which is, uh, you know, uh, 
I think the, you know, uh, the, our skill level overall is getting better. I, as I said, we don't have a one, two, three guy, but the yeah. other thing that's, the other thing that's getting a little better is our, we, we are getting a 15, 16, 17 kid, which that really hurt us. Mm-hmm. But if you, even if you looked last year, like, you know, where the, where the Raiders really faltered, uh, I mean, the, the first couple of games, they were really sort of competitive in that. Third game, they had a couple of injuries. And so it was the 18th, 19th, 20th guy that. Yeah, they, the depth really, guys. The depth guys where we they started to falter. So in that third game, it was not, uh, it was not as competitive. I mean, and the, even, you know, the, the, forget the score for a moment. When you watch the play on the floor, it was not as competitive, right? Was, yeah. You know, so, yeah. But I don't know. How does the BC team look? B, league look? Well, it's, you know, I just did the WLA draft last week and, you know, in the first two rounds of 14 guys, I think 10 of them were New West and Coquitlam guys. Like, oh, wow. you know, they're just, they're two organizations that are just pumping out kids year after year and they're getting stronger every year just because, you know, those are the, the areas that guys, those are the teams guys want to play for. And there's no protection rule. So everybody's fair game. Uh, you can go and, and get guys that you need and you can trade for guys and you can draft for guys. And, you know, there's been talks like I've talked to a few people over the past few years where you have kids faking um, uh, their address so that yeah. they can, so that they can be in the attachment of teams um, so that other teams can't draft them. Like in Victoria, if if you're not a West shore kid, then you're open to, Nanaimo was able to grab you. So when, I so I heard that there were some uh, Saanich kids and kids from other areas in greater Victoria that were saying, oh, yeah, I live in the West Shore now so that they could be protected by the Shamrock and be Shamrock property. And do they have, like, a draft of – or is everybody just free game except for the kids? No, there's, in- there's, there's a – yeah, so if you're not in that – um, minors, if you're not part of that MA, then yeah, you're a free agent and can be picked up by anybody. Right. So and everybody wants to go to Victoria. Nobody yeah, wants to go you know, to like, like, yeah, like, you know, Victoria, like Victoria proper is just a small little area, but Greater Victoria is huge. You know, that yeah. includes the West Shore and Esquimalt and Peninsula and Saanich and and everything, all basically to Duncan. And then on the other side of Duncan, that's where Nanaimo gets everything in the Couch and Valley and, and everybody else up there. So, but if you're not West Shore, where the Shamrocks are based, then, so if you're Saanich, Esquimalt, Peninsula, wherever, then you're free game. And all those kids don't want to travel up to Nanaimo if they get drafted by Nanaimo. It's an hour, 10, hour, 20 trip each way. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's a problem, you know, and, and Nanaimo their junior team and their senior team are trying to build something up there and they have issues because they can't get kids to come play for them when you should be dying to go play for an organization like that because they are starting anew and starting to build things from the ground up and, and you will get playing time. It's not like you're, you're going to be buying for or bidding for playing time in Victoria because everybody wants to play there. You go to an IMO and, and you're a, you know, a 10, 12, 11 kid then you're, you're going to get a spot. You don't have to worry about the competition because they need those guys. But right. the mentality of, 
of island kids of I don't want to go all the way to Nanaimo. It's just, it's hurting. It's hurting the game of lacrosse. It's just like mainland kids not wanting to come to Victoria or to the island to play and vice versa. It's just like you were talking about kids with girlfriends, right? Jobs, work, family, whatever it may be. Until this sport, you know, makes it viable for kids to up and move, it's never going to fully fluctuate. Like, look at look at minor hockey or junior hockey. You know, a kid from Victoria could get drafted to Kelowna or Red Deer or wherever, and you know what? Boom, they go. Because you got drafted there, that's where you go. And they make the system work so kids can go there and, and it's viable for them. Absolutely. Here, here you know, it, it works for mainland kids because a kid in Langley can drive 25 minutes and be in Delta. But you're, if you're a mainland kid and you get drafted by an island team, you you have to pretty much up and move. Yeah. And kids don't want to, 18, 19, 20, 21 old kids don't want to do that. See, that's the difference, right? Because, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, and we see that even between junior A and junior B lacrosse, which is, you know, these kids, even in like, you know, it's funny, like you, uh, they they don't have that same mentality where hockey says, "Well, you've been drafted here." And they're like, "Okay, I guess I got to go there." Right. Here, they you know the kid goes, "Well, I got drafted by uh, you know I got drafted by the minors, and but I I live in Sherwood Park, and you know my buddies are playing lacrosse in Junior B. You know what? I'm playing Junior B this year. Yeah. And you know, like, I mean, you know the you know you you call the kid and you go, well, "Listen, why don't you come and try? You're probably you're good enough to play Junior A." No, you know what? I'm going to play here. It's yeah. just more convenient, and my <laughs> friends are here. So the, the the thought process in the game of lacrosse is, and it makes me really come to understand, it's a secondary sport. It's a sport. It's a it's a niche sport that says that, uh, yeah, convenience is a little more important to me than than uh, than playing at the highest level or whatever. Yep. And you know, and 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 I we, and I I've been trying to suggest to everybody the philosophy that it only changes when the pyramid gets bigger mm-hmm. when you've got a you know when all of a sudden kids where you've got you've got numbers now where kids start going um yeah you know what this this sport is big enough where i want to compete to be the best of that sport i want to be at the top of that pyramid and it's going to be you know there's going to be more and more kids thinking like that there'll always be kids that say no i'll play b i don't care yeah, and even like as there is in hockey, but the not the majority of them. Whereas I'm, you know, like I see this right now with my, you know, I've got so I got about six kids playing on one team, playing for in in, in Edmonton, and you think I, they're on my protected list? You think I can get them to come out and play at the highest level? No, we're good. Yeah. It's convenient yeah. here, you know, and so that mentality just seeps through. I think you know in our sport overall, and it's only the very elite. And, and and maybe that's part of the problem is that there's a disconnect from the very elite to that to the next group below who just doesn't see themselves ever getting to that that level and so they just they just cut it off it's, it's you know it's a it's a it's a fun sport for me I'm not trying to excel anymore I just want to play yeah I, and that and that's a, like I think like in my opinion that's from the very top all the way down and yeah. you know in 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 Alberta, it may be guys wanting to play junior B instead of playing junior A because they're friends with them. In in BC, we don't have like a very good junior B league. So if a kid yeah. can't a kid can't make junior A, he just stops playing. There's yeah. no junior B. There's new. There's no junior C. So we lose kids. And and if if a kid gets drafted to Burnaby, um, 
and he doesn't want to go there, he's like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to sit out. Yeah. And it's going to oh, cost that, him two years of playing lacrosse before he goes, you know, he sits out two years of lacrosse before he can go be a free agent, go play wherever he wants, and then the team that drafted him is going to lose somebody, a pick or whatever, if the guy goes to another team. But it, it, it can't, we can't keep losing kids because we don't have viable options for them to play lacrosse anymore because we have to have that system because that's why junior hockey works so well. So there's so many kids playing hockey all year. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you get, what do you think about the intermediate uh, league in BC? Do you think that, I, that helps? I think it should go away. Oh, I thought, you know. Like, I, I, think, I think if a kid is good enough at 16, 17 years old, why, why shouldn't it be, or 18, why should 17, 18 years old, why shouldn't it be playing junior? Like, that's why Ontario kids are so big and strong and tough because they have to figure out how to be men a whole lot earlier and a whole lot sooner. And they get better because they're playing against better competition. Like I, I never had the ability to go play junior when I was um, an intermediate. I would have loved to probably would have helped me develop better. But you know, when you got an, uh, an intermediate kid who's just, you know, scoring 10 points a game and it's not helping him get better. Like look at Del Bianco. He, he's a very rare thing, right? right? right. He, he's playing, he was playing both intermediate and junior A lacrosse. And why should we be putting him through? Like, it's great that he wanted to do it. Like, that was his voluntary thing. Like, I'm going to play with the junior adnacks so they want me, but my priority is with the intermediate team, so I'm going to play both. But why shouldn't you say, no, man, you're good enough to play junior A. You're junior A full-time. Like, he wasn't eligible to win any of the player awards last year in junior A. And he was setting records left and right because – he was an intermediate A-carded player. So yeah, I, 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 I think right. that I think for for BC, if BC's ever going to get on the same page as as Ontario in in the Minto, and hell, even the the result will be in senior as well. We have to be doing the same things they're doing, and it works for them because they have more players, so that the players who you know aren't going to play junior A, can play junior B. They still have an intermediate league, but it's because they have so many more players that they can have junior A, B, and C, and then that sort of fledgling intermediate league. And it's kind of like a rec league almost. Well, it is. I mean, they call it intermediate, but at the end of the day, it's not – you can be 21 and playing in that intermediate league. Right. It's just being run by the minor lacrosse club, not by the the, the major lacrosse club. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but you know, I watch BC and I just wonder. Like, I, I hear like when I go to the meetings and that they say, "There's, there's a big crew that say we this has got to go." Like, and, and I, because I look at that junior B that you know, I think that junior B league could be so much more, uh, so much more uh, uh, effective. Like, if you, yeah, you know, some your younger guys they start, you know, your 16, 17 year olds they'll be playing against 21 year olds. Guess what? not that bad because even the 21 year old that's playing at that level he is not that good okay mm-hmm. he's not, otherwise he'd be playing junior you know uh he'd be playing junior a or or if you you know in alberta there's four levels yeah. there's a junior a there's a tier one tier two and tier three i mean and the tier you know the tier three is kind of a, a real kind of almost a rec league but the yeah. tier two the tier two is a, there's a lot of 17 john lynch played tier two yeah his first year yeah. you know and you know and I mean, he got identified fairly quickly after that. So, like, like we brought him up. Like, what the hell are you doing in this league? Like, yeah. Move out. 
but that's where he started. And, you know, it's, it's possible. It's possible for Absolutely. a 16-year-old to go play one or one year there, then move up to junior B, and then you guess what? You're in junior A, you know, your third year, you're in junior A. And if you're special, you know, and you can really play at that level, you're a big kid, you're strong and whatever, and you can play at junior A, well, guess what? You're moving up to junior A. And, yep. uh, and, and so it just it'll makes it'll, sense. Yeah. It'll, it'll ultimately make BC junior B better as well. Oh, for sure. Like, that's the whole thing. I, you know, I watched that Coquitlam team last year come come out to the Founders Cup, and yeah. they were pretty competitive. Like, they, you know, and, and now they brought up a bunch of intermediate kids to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, they were competitive. They yeah. And I think if that team had been together longer, they would have been even more competitive. And so yep. it's there. It's possible. Absolutely. But you, you know, I just, it's, it's just got to, they just got to get past, like, one thing that drives me crazy about our sport is that our traditionalists rule the nest. Like, they, they, they just, they just don't, they, they hate change. They hate change. They yeah. think that, you know, you're, 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 you're sacrificing the game. But you, if you're going to live in this vacuum and thinking that the world isn't changing, then yeah. you're the dinosaur and everybody's moving past you. So... And, from a CLA standpoint, why can't we have conformity across the board? Because of the people I just talked about. They don't yeah. – like, there is conformity uh, in, you know, when you're talking about age groups. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, it's just BC. Yeah. They're the only ones that, they, you know, the, the the policy book and all that is all written up. Yeah, with uh, you know what everybody's using, and then we got a special section for intermediates, right? Yeah. yeah. But that I'm on a right now. I'm on a war path right about refereeing. Yeah. Like that's another one, which is, and it's gotten better, but it's not where nowhere near where it needs to be. Where you know we need uniformity on how to ref the game throughout. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch a BC ref and an Alberta ref and a Saskatchewan ref refing the same game, they yeah. they call it different. Call it different. But even worse, they're looking at the game different. Like the way they call it in the way the way they split the floor in Ontario it may not be the same way they do it in B C mm-hmm. or in Saskatchewan. And so, you know, you've got you know, so all of a sudden there are these blind spots that aren't even going to be looked at because the two referees, if they're doing the job right, according to where they've been, you know, they're like, uh geez, uh I didn't see that. Well, because I'm looking, you know, sort of diagonally, and the other guy's saying, "Well, no, it's 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 half." You know, a yeah, lower you watch the ball, ball, I watch everywhere else. It's not half and half or whatever logic yeah. you're looking at. Yeah, everyone's everyone's logic of how to ref is different. Right, and so you know, we're striving to try and bring some uniformity to that. You know, mm-hmm. and that that to me, there's three areas that I would love to see get better. One introduction of the game like the growth of the game like you know like like bringing new people to the game like you know we're, we got this great opportunity hockey canada wants their kids playing lacrosse they nice. want them to play soccer they want them to play squash they, they don't you know, guess what they don't want them playing during the summer hockey, hockey. absolutely right and yeah. so they and they mention lacrosse all the time we, yeah. they, we have it so i in my mind that's an opportunity yeah, the absolutely. other two are, the other two areas that I really want to see developed is coaching and refereeing. Cause yeah. you know, we need to 
we need to strive to make the the lacrosse experience better for the player, but with by improving those two areas. Yeah. So. I completely agree. The 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 coaching thing for me, like I never really thought about the refing aspect of it, but now that you bring it up, is is logical, um, because it is different mind aspects and 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 outlooks of the game of lacrosse. But I think the coaching thing is the one for me, and it really hurts me to see so many guys in Victoria not giving back in coaching because you look at, you look at back East and you look at the junior benches of, of yeah. teams that are successful, even Coquitlam. Like look at the guys that are on those benches. They're NLL guys. They're hall of fame guys. Even in, in Alberta, it's working. Um, you're, you're getting guys who played at the highest level coaching at the highest levels. And yeah, it's, it's great to have them um, in, in the grassroots program, coaching young kids, like little kids. That's great. It helps them, you know, get involved, but we need those guys coaching at the, the the higher levels to to keep kids interested in lacrosse and not allow their skill level to plateau. Because if they're started, if they you know if their coaches aren't evolving and aren't thinking at a higher level, then the kids will never get there. For sure, I mean you you know you know a perfect example of that is seeing it in Alberta where we you know now like you know. We we don't have we yeah we have it at the higher levels we are blessed by the fact that we have like the you know the Andrew McBrides who and the Dane Dobies of the yeah. Todd Lorenz and, and these Jesse guys are, and all those guys yeah they're not they don't have kids right, you know, in the game playing yeah. right I mean they're giving for the because they love the game and that and absolutely so, uh, but you know uh, the sort of in the junior B level I mean it's it's getting a little bit better, but what we're first, this is why, this is why I think you asked earlier, when is junior eight ready to be competitive with, you know, when we're going to be competitive, like really competitive when we're, when our junior eight player players are coaching, coaching junior A. Okay. Like our former junior A players are playing. Right. Yeah. You know, that generation, that's where it really comes, but you got to, it takes 15 years for that to happen. Right. 20 years. Right. And you know, about five years ago was the first time where there was a kid that I coached in junior B, where his I coached his kid, like you know yeah. that. So yeah, the coaching thing. I mean, in Alberta, what we're finally starting to see for the first time at the lower levels is kid, people who've even played lacrosse coaching lacrosse. Like yeah, and, and that, believe me, that's not 100. percent It's probably more like 50. percent mm-hmm. The other 50 percent are still the hockey parents coming in, yep. doing what they can. Don't really know much, but just kind of just out there helping and and thinking they understand and coaching what they think. And that's like you said, God love them. That, that's yeah. great because you need people like that just to help teams run properly. But to have players who have played the cross at high levels, giving back at any level of the cross, whether it be pee wee, midget, novice, junior A, junior B, those right. are the leagues. That's where we got to get guys coaching. Well, yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the junior, uh, the junior B programs, even, you know, for the, the most important factor is they get them doing that. And then, you know what, the kids that play at that in 10 years, they've got families. Now they're giving back and they're at the minor level. And hopefully it then grows into the, into the, to the, into the more senior levels, but you're right. I mean, it's, you, you make a good point when, you, when I look at all those junior A programs and I see even in the shitty clubs, yeah. like, you know, the, you know, the Mimicos and that, they got guys who, NLL guys that are coaching there, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, that makes a huge difference for sure. It does. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate not like you know guys you know that I played with are, are starting to have kids now who are starting to get on lacrosse, so they're starting to coach more, which is great. But we need the guys who don't have kids to start coaching because yeah, coaching your kid is awesome. Like who wouldn't want to coach their kid as he grows up and then especially if you play the cross, like there's no better feeling. Like my brother yeah. loves coaching his kid. Right. But yep. for, for a guy like myself, when I coached, I loved it, especially cause I didn't have a kid is because like, you know, all these young 12, 13 year old boys that I was coaching, they, they became my kids. And yeah. it just, it just makes you feel better about everything that you're doing when you're giving back and coaching. And I think more people need to realize that and get into it. And, I think more senior teams and more junior teams need to be proactive and say, hey, you know what? You don't have a summer job? Perfect. You're going to go and coach that team twice a week. Once a week, oh. whatever it may be. Like That's going to be what you're going to do this summer. You're not going to sit at home and party and drink the summer away or go to the beach all the time or just sit on your ass. You're going to go out and you're going to coach a minor team. No questions oh. asked. Well, you, you you raise a good point. You talk about uh, you know like the, the 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 kids that don't or the the players who don't have kids and that and going. You know, it's funny. We have a program here. We call it Minors for Minors, where we, you know, we get our kids to go out and they they go out and they work with uh, teams. Uh-huh. We don't we don't run practices, but we go mentor kids and whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, the kids love it. And the players, the first time you 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 gotta you gotta put their their arm behind their back and twist it yeah. to get them to go. And they go Absolutely. and they go, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. you know, like you know, and and you say, you know, how many times? I don't know if you know. I'm sure you've had it a, a couple of times where you get a player who comes back to you, you know, a few years later, says thank you. Absolutely. You know, and that's the most rewarding thing out of all. Absolutely, the kid. The kid who comes back and says, "I appreciate you, everything you did for me." You don't know how it, it, what a difference it made in my in your life. Or I got I have like two stories. One where I have a, a guy now who I coached and sort of through it was more through field lacrosse, whatever. But the guy is now a vice president of the second largest mutual company in in the U.S. And wow. and and then I got on the other end of the coin. I had a guy who spent you know two years uh, in jail for attempted murder and you know that happened like 15 years ago and now he's got a wife and three kids and you know a great business and and all that stuff and you you know I don't think I I was the main part of it but I think you know there was a small part of where you know you pulled him out of the gutter and you, you 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 got him up and going and he made you know significant changes those things matter you know but the problem is you and i we've been there we can tell you that but to tell yeah. a, you know a, a 20 year old kid that this is what this is the kind of impact yeah. they, they probably can't yeah you may not see it you may not see it right away but you know look at yeah. look at some of the guys now like you know the snyders who who are putting all those kids to the edge program or the Merrills who are working with the hill academy or, or any of these guys that you know get kids when they're 12 13 14 years old and help them become not just great lacrosse players but great young men and then Absolutely. see them go to NCAA colleges, see them get drafted in, in the summer leagues and the pro leagues and, and all that. And then next thing you know, they're playing against them. Like, that's the full circle that the lacrosse world needs. Absolutely. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, one on one conversation with AJ Joma from the Miners, the RMLL, and the CLA. We're gonna follow this story closely as it develops because I think there's still a lot of moving parts of this, and I think it opens the West to a bigger lacrosse community. I think it's great for Saskatchewan lacrosse, but I don't know if this story, as I said, is over quite yet. So I hope you enjoyed this brief conversation with AJ Joma. My name is Teddy Jenner. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar or email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com. I'll talk to you in a week's time or maybe in a few days. You never know. My phone is always on. Be excellent to each other.